Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. This is a show about business, not a place you typically turn to for dating advice. But today, we're talking about the business of dating. For past generations, your parents, your grandparents, charting a life course seemed to be a lot simpler, especially if you were a woman. You graduated from high school, got married, went to college maybe, and everybody lived happily ever after. Then we hit the 1970s, and 50% of marriages ended in divorce. Today in the United States, people are waiting longer to get married or not tying the knot at all. And since 1973, marriage rates in the U.S. have declined nearly 60%. Other statistics tell us that people are finding it harder to make meaningful connections. More young people report feeling alone, disconnected, and clinically depressed. And all of this comes at a time when a staggering array of apps and online dating sites are promising to pair people up for everything from one-night stands to casual relationships to forever partnerships. What's not working and how do we fix it? We could look forward to the next generation of technology and ask AI to find us love and happiness, or we could look back and rather than having to check a box that says, I'm not a robot, how about sitting down face to face with an actual human being who is a dating specialist? Yes, there is such a job, it's called a matchmaker. Admittedly, there aren't many of them, but one of the very few is sitting across from me at the table. Anne Parnes is founder of Match Made in NOLA, a traditional matchmaking service that is, as its name implies, based in New Orleans, but has expanded to Baton Rouge now and does business like a real old-fashioned matchmaker by carefully curating potential partners and introducing them to one another. Anne began her career as an attorney and spent several years prosecuting criminals until 2012 when she felt a calling taking her in a different direction and she became a certified life coach. From there, she began to sense what she says was a real calling and a recognition that she had a gift for bringing people together. So in 2017, she opened Match Made in NOLA and now her services have expanded to Baton Rouge. And Anne, it is a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for making time to join me on this special dating, love, and marriage edition of Out to Lunch. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. So Anne, you know, most people who are dating and looking for a partner are probably younger. They've grown up with Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, OkCupid, Christian Mingle, JDate, Match.com, and the list goes on. And there are even specialty dating apps like Dig, the dog lovers dating app. So let's start with the obvious question. Is someone who turns to an old-fashioned matchmaker like you burned out on dating apps? Or is your typical client someone who can't bring themselves to use a dating app and hasn't had any success meeting one, anyone at the Chimes or Chelsea's or wherever else they go? <laughs> I really feel like it's a combination. We definitely have um, many clients who have tried the online dating route 
and just it's not, they say that it's not for them, um, either they've had bad experiences or just has not gotten them the results they've wanted. And then we also have people who are completely resistant to it, young and older, um, who just don't feel like it's their place. They don't want to put themselves out there. They might feel in, in their career that it's inappropriate. I don't necessarily agree with that, but they may feel they have privacy issues. Um, and it's just so time consuming. I think the research shows that it's like between nine and 10 hours of being on an online dating app typically leads to one date, not necessarily even a good date. So wow. uh, I think people who value their time also, I would say, are more prone to reach out to a matchmaker. And I would suspect too that people, maybe especially women, still feel a little bit threatened, even if even if the guy looks good on paper or has good reviews from, I don't know if it even works like that, but but you would still feel a little afraid maybe that you can't trust somebody you meet online. Absolutely, and we do our best. We sit down and screen everybody and kind of do our research, um, and just meet them face to face or, or Zoom and just to make sure that they are who pur they purport to be. Uh, so that does give women particularly an extra layer of comfort to know that we've almost had their first date for them. Um, but we always tell people that you need to be careful and of course use your instincts and your best judgment even even so sure so who is your typical client I mean you said they're not all young some are older but is it is it typically wealthier people or professional people or do you really serve a gamut of clients um, I would say definitely professionals and um, you know wealthier people just because it is sort of a luxury service um, as much as we would love to help everybody find love of course it is very time-consuming and it's a personalized service so um, unfortunately, we can't help everybody in that capacity. So I think it's busy professionals who either know that what they're doing hasn't worked or just value their time and want to outsource it, just like I outsource my taxes and things yeah. that I'm not really good at. Um, so I think it also runs the gamut there, too. Or, you know, just people who are open-minded and have heard from friends around the country. I know we don't have many matchmakers in this state, but um, who've heard good things and sort of want to, you know, excited about it. So cool. So walk me through how it works. Let's say here I am, you know, woman in her 50s, finds herself newly single for whatever reason, and I come to you. How does the process work? We always have to sit down first and kind of do a deep dive into um, who is it that you're looking for? Because if I'm going to be recruiting and finding matches, I need to know what it is that I'm looking for and whether it's um, whether we have those sort of contacts in our database, whether we have those sort of networks. So first of all, sitting down and also whether we think you're being realistic um, and how flexible you're going to be in terms of um, the matching because we're not magicians. Uh, we find humans as they are and we can't kind of do a Build-A-Bear uh, qualities <laughs> as much as I would love to do that. So we sit down, we get really clear on, you know, what are the most important qualities you're looking for? What are the values you have to share? What is the lifestyle vision that you don't want to sacrifice. There's always going to be compromise. We're not going to find everything, but um, kind of those big ones and sort of get you to do a little bit of thinking of what's worked before, what hasn't, what type of people do you gravitate towards. I mean, we are looking for someone who you're going to share your one and only life with, right? It's a big decision, and so kind of getting clarity for both of us is really important. Um, also, what do you offer? What are your roadblocks? What you know? How can we help you get into a position where you would be a good partner if we were to find that right introduction for you? So um, after that interview, then typically we'll take a couple days to just kind of sit and think about, uh, like I said, do a deep dive in a database, um, and then get back and decide whether we think we'd be a good match in working together. So, so you basically are going to vet me as a potential client before you even think about setting me up with somebody. 
Absolutely, we have to do that. Okay, and so you're going to create a, a dossier on me mm-hmm. and you know my card and all of my pros, cons, a SWOT analysis, uh, my picture, my qualifications, and my you know requirements for a, a match. Absolutely, and it's not done in like sort of this harsh way. We never expecting a perfect client. Um, everyone's going to have something, but you know, just some people have realistic expectations and some people don't, and so we don't. You know, we want our clients to be satisfied. We don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. So it really is just getting a sense of, you know, whether we can help you find what you're looking for. Okay. And then let's say you think, okay, we can help this lady. Um, then how does it how does it work from there? So we have several recruitment techniques, but we do have a pretty sizable database that is always growing, and we would love, you know, to partner and, and grow those referrals, of course, because I think that's the best way of getting singles is who do you know who's wonderful and single? Um, so we're always asking and we're networking. So we're going through our database. We are going to networking events, reaching out on LinkedIn, using our personal networks, depending on who we're looking for. It really is a very targeted, specialized search. Um, and then in reaching out to those people and interviewing them, kind of making sure that they check sort of those big, big boxes, making sure that we think that there'd be enough to talk about, that there's some compatibility. Obviously, chemistry is really difficult to predict. Right, you and can't. No, I'm no not going to. No, I'm not a magician. <laughs> so, um, when but, sometimes we can't even predict chemistry. You might say you want somebody who's tall, dark, and handsome, but you might really fall for somebody who's blonde, and you know, or who knows. Yes, it's I, weird. I hope the listeners are listening to that because <laughs> that is what we try to convince our clients of is, you know, let's stick to what's really important and then be open-minded, right? If you've hired us and you trust our expertise, you know, be open-minded, meet that person. It's really shouldn't be that much pressure. And I don't think anyone has had a really bad experience. So mm-hmm. at, at the worst, you'll learn something new and enjoy meeting someone. You can always kind of find something to talk about for an hour, um, but at least you've given yourself a chance uh, to meet someone who's already been vetted and chosen for you based on what we've talked about. Yeah. I have so many questions, but, but let me, this is just sort of an aside, but do you think it's, it's legitimate? I mean, if somebody says, oh, I can tell there's no chemistry there. I mean, can people tell after just meeting somebody, you know, for coffee or even in a chance conversation, no, I don't want to go out with them anymore. Even if they look great on paper, they share my interest. They're so nice, but no, I just don't. Or does chemistry develop as you get to know somebody? I think the best chemistry develops as you get to know somebody, that real kind of long-lasting chemistry, but it's completely understandable. Um, You know, I think you can meet people and absolutely know that you never need to see them again. Um, So I don't push that hard on that. What we do try to encourage clients is I don't think you can tell about chemistry from photos. Um, Even, you know, aside from doing the personalized matchmaking, we do a lot of online profile management for clients who we can't serve as personalized matchmakers, we help them utilize the apps. We use the apps for them, basically. We fish in that big pond for them and propose matches that way. But um, we, what we find is so many people will just look at a photo and say, there's you know, no chemistry. And I'm like, of course not. You're looking at a photo, it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and in that sense, we do respect it more because no one has met them. But if I've met them, then I do expect um, that my client keep an open mind, at least to meeting for you know coffee or a cocktail, whatever it is, 45 minutes to an hour, and seeing, and, and don't put that pressure on yourself. Like You don't need to feel the butterflies. You don't need to feel immediate uh, chemistry, because that can often be like a red flag, right? Like there's something there that's kind of triggering, and you think it's... Um, but we do, you know, my only thing is if you had a good enough time in that first date, then why not see them again? There's no pressure. There's, you know, first couple of days, there's absolutely no pressure. If after the third date, you don't feel like you know, you want to kiss them for, 
then then say that's fine. You know, maybe that's not the right match sure. for Sure. Yeah. So, so back to the my hypothetical example, um, you search your database. You present me the hypothetical client with what one, two, five possibilities, or because uh, I guess that's sort of the way the hinge the hinge app might work. But do you say this is the gentleman I think would be great for you, or what? Typically, we'll go one at a time. I'll interview and then propose. Once the match, the prospective match, I think is a good match and has agreed to meet my client because of course I don't want to go to my client and say hey what about this person and you know they think that person looks great and the prospective match says no um, you know <laughs> I want to keep my client happy so typically I start with the prospective match have that interview see whether they'd like to meet my client and then come to my client present a profile and say would you like to meet them yes or no um, sometimes I do want to gauge their I guess like barometer of attraction so to speak and so I will present more profiles before I get into these lengthy meetings just if I'm having difficulty with that client, to get an idea of what it is, you know, aesthetically that they're looking for um, and open to. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to matchmaker Ann Parnas from Matchmade in NOLA. We'll continue our conversation after this very short break. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to matchmaker Ann Parnas from Match Made in NOLA. Ann. And then, and then if, if it's a go for, you know, the first date, maybe they, do you suggest coffee is always the best way to start, or lunch, or is it even more formal than that, just, I don't know, sit down over ice water? <laughs> yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is finding a, a setting that feels comfortable where you can feel confident and comfortable in your own skin. So for some people that is coffee, it's not my preferred date. I think it's a little bit harder to flirt over coffee during the day. So <laughs> I typically recommend something like, and I know plenty of people don't drink and that's totally fine, um, but you know, a cocktail and small plate or something like that where you can sit and 45 minutes to an hour and if you're not feeling it um, you can enjoy that 45 minutes an hour and go home and if you are you can keep ordering and of course limiting your alcohol but um, so my preferred date is something like that 45 minutes to an hour where you're not sitting interview style if you can sort of sit at a bar or around a round table and make it feel more casual um, that would be my recommendation okay and another aside question do you think the alcohol might um, if you are prone to have a glass of wine or something I mean that could make you feel more favorably inclined to someone the power of suggestion the defenses come down is that a good thing on a first date I think it's a balance right there's pluses and minuses some people feel a little bit more comfortable with a drink um, but like you said you know, it could cloud your judgment. Um, definitely, we recommend, highly recommend moderating the drinking, no more than two drinks. And if you're, you know, light or weight, then no more than one drink, really, um, just to kind of break the ice, but not enough to impair your judgment in any significant way or make a fool of yourself. So then how, how long do you stay involved with a match? Um, let's say our first date progresses to a second, maybe a third, and then I decide, eh, I want out, I want to try again. That must get kind of awkward. Would I call you up and say, hey, I liked him, but now not so much? Can you show me somebody else or what? Uh, actually, I keep recruiting and going until my client tells me to, uh, to pause. We do have a pause period you know, for people who want to explore a deeper relationship with someone. So 
uh, I'm involved through the introduction, and then I always get feedback from the match and my client the next day, hopefully. So if my client has some blind spots or some things we need to work on, I can give that feedback, right, and we can work on that together. And you get it from both, both sides, the guy and the girl. Correct. Or whatever, the client and the match. Exactly. The client and the match. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and from my do you share, like, you know, you thought you were being so friendly, but he really thought you were talking his ear off, and you didn't give him time to respond? Is it? Do you get direct like that? Is that the kind of feedback you get? Yes, probably a little bit more delicately, <laughs> but I think that's the point, right? I've definitely had, I had a client who really was not self-aware as to what he was doing to sabotage his dating life, and um, after getting the same feedback from several matches, we really sat down and kind of talked about it, and in his very next match, it was it's perfect, they're still together. He can still be his real self with her, but maybe the first two dates he didn't have to tell her everything, right? Um, so we, you know, t really try to work with our clients to get them um, not to get in their own way. This is so fascinating. So you use we a lot. Who else are you working with? Do you have a staff of matchmakers? I have a partner, um, and we will be expanding um, kind of on that. But yeah, I do have a partner, and I have had you know, people help with like social media, and I've used um, a another dating coach who helps with my online profile management. She's kind of an expert on creating online dating profiles, so uh, she's the other we. So explain this a little bit more to me, because you alluded to it a moment ago. Besides this old-fashioned matchmaker model that I mentioned at the beginning that we've been talking through, you are also working with clients to manage their online dating profiles because they might also be hanging out on Hinge or trying to find a match that way. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. And for some um, people who come to us and would like us to mat be their matchmaker, we don't feel like we have the pool of um, prospects that we think would be in their best interest, uh, particularly women. Um, over a certain age, we know that they're, you know, the apps are 70% men, so not a great place for guys to be, but a pretty good place for women who are willing to dig. <laughs> really? Yes. So there are fewer women on the apps than men, and especially in, when you say older, I'm assuming you mean over 40 or over 50 or over 60? Over 50. Over 50. Mm -hmm. Well, the statistics are 70%, 65 to 75% men on the dating apps, various dating apps across the board in all ages. But um, it just becomes increasingly more difficult to find the single men over 50 who want to date 50. Because <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, they can just go down so easily. They, they just got that advantage. Depending on their values and their life vision, they can. There's trade-offs to all of it, right? It's, it's just such a still brutal universe out there. Okay, so um, how do you, what do you consider success? At what point is a match a success in your, in your book? I guess in our industry, we would really say that um, relationships that last six months plus, we would consider a success. I think after that, really, it, it's, uh, we, we've done our job, we've coached a client, we found a good introduction, and that really is up to those two people to make that a, a great relationship. Um, we're always available if people want to come back and you know reach out and even I have clients who still call me and pick my brain about things that they're going you know going on in their relationship and I'm happy to help but I would say that that's sort of that benchmark and do you have a lot of repeat clients who come back after a year or two or six months or so uh, I have some clients who have come back but typically it's you know if a relationship hasn't worked out then you know when that's done that they'll call and kind of re-engage with us you said in my industry, um, is is this matchmaking 
industry a thing? Are there others out there? It's a huge thing. In fact, we have, there's lots of conferences. Um, I just got back from an amazing, um, I guess like matchmaking boot camp by an absolute expert. And that was supposed to be at a conference in Cancun, but got sick. There were a hundred matchmakers in Cancun at that conference. We're all part of a big alliance and um, we help each other with matches. So, you know, unfortunately I'm the only one from this area, so I don't get that much help unless my clients are open to other locations or relocation, but we definitely collaborate. It's huge in our industry. It really makes for many more successful matches because then we are pooling all of our um, amazing singles from the country. This is such a, a, a tradition bound, family friendly, well, I mean, New Orleans isn't family friendly per se, but you know, Baton Rouge is such a family friendly place and, Family ties, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Long-time community ties, and like I said, tradition-bound. It seems like it would be a very popular idea here, as opposed to, like, you know, apps that are kind of sketch or whatever. Definitely. I think the biggest thing is getting the word out. As we know, we can be a little bit behind in some of the... (laughs) Even though this is an older profession, it's something that many people don't know about. Uh, In New York and L.A. and other cities, there are many, many local matchmakers here we don't have them we had a a few big companies i just don't think that we know as a population we know that the service exists um but i do think that it is definitely very much necessary like you said particularly in our case where we really value community and sort of personalized um connection right so i'm fascinated by how you knew that this was a skill set that you possessed you were a life coach and that was after being a lawyer and, um, you know, what turned you on to matchmaking and gave you the confidence that you could do this successfully? Uh, yeah, I think that um, there aren't that many differences between what I used to do as <laughs> sure. a lawyer and what I do now. I mean, it was all about really understanding kind of the nuances of human behavior and motivations and really listening to people uh, and kind of picking out the important things. And so, and also I got into it as a helping profession. I guess some people don't think of a prosecutor as a helper, but I definitely did, and particularly in juvenile court where we really uh, were trying to rehabilitate. So that led me to think, like, I know that I'm good at listening to people and really getting down to what it is that they're saying and kind of cutting through some of the fluff. Um, I've always had an interest in relationships. It's kind of been what I've been helping friends do since I can remember, and so... I think that with getting the formal education of the coaching, that helped. And also, even before I started the business, I started reaching out to matchmakers around the country and sort of picking their brains and figuring, like, what are the skills I need to be successful? What do I need to think about? What is it really like? Um, And just learning from that community of really amazing people. So that was super helpful. And one might think you could make a lot more money as a couples therapist or something, but maybe not. Maybe matchmaking is a lucrative profession. It absolutely can be. It can um, be. Absolutely can be. And um, just figuring out how for it not to all be me, and that's the, the point of um, bringing in a partner and kind of going that route and, and hiring uh, junior matchmakers or you know, other people we're trying to spread regionally in, in the whole Gulf South region. So it's going to be about kind of putting together a team and finding the right people um, to do that and then scaling because otherwise it can't all be me and make money. Yeah, L- I, wanted, money. I, yeah I wanted to ask you about <laughs> scaling. But how, how much would it cost, for instance, if I wanted your services? It really depends. Like I said, it, it depends on what the search is. It, right, it's 10000 and up. Okay. So, yeah, you, you have well-heeled clients. And you said you have a large database 
And are they all people that have come to you, or you have found them through networking and reached out and said, can we put you in our database? Because you're a good prospect. Uh, both. Okay. I, both. Definitely both. The majority have come, um, whether it's through referrals, word of mouth, uh, or Google. I don't, it seems like we get a lot from Google. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but I do what they tell me to do, and <laughs> I guess it works. Um, and also, of course, going to, like last night, was at the Chamber of Commerce um, networking event. So we, we go and we meet people and have them join our network and recommend people because we do pay like referral fees for um, successful matches. So we're always looking for uh, people's recommendations of great singles. So if you approach an eligible singler at a Chamber of Commerce event and say, hey, we'd like to put you in our database, and he or she says, okay, um, then what? Do they have to pay you, or they just basically, sort of like a sperm donor, they just, you know, put themselves down there? Yeah, we have um, a form through our website where anybody can join. It's complimentary, it's confidential, it's not searchable by the public, okay. and it's just like a CRM. You know, it's just kind of Nordstrom, where I go in and check the boxes of what I'm looking for for a particular match. So it helps, you know, it's always wonderful to be in there. It's a passive role. Um, no one's expecting anything. It's just we might call you if you look like a match for one of our clients. And then you would start the vet process at that point, of vetting them to get to know them the same way you would as if they had come to you looking for a, a partner match. Correct. If on paper they mm -hmm. look like they could be a match for a particular client, then we would call them um, and then set up an interview to, to delve deeper. But yeah, we definitely don't get to know everybody in our database unless we need to for a particular match because that would be really... Um, impossible. And then I'm just curious if, if you set up like two clients that have both come to you, do they split the fee or they or you get paid basically by each of them for a successful match? So clients retain us for a period of six months gotcha. and a certain uh, number of matches. So it's happened that we've set up clients in the past, uh, but it typically isn't that easy uh, because we don't work with such a large volume that it m usually isn't. But it wouldn't matter because of how it's structured. I don't have mac, uh, maximum number of matches, so even if you meet one of my clients, that doesn't mean you're not going to meet somebody else who I recruit personally for you. Right. What is your success rate? Do you have a percentage, or do you know? Yes, best best I can do, and that's with that six-month mark that we talked about, uh, relationships that last six months or longer. I would say it's about 63%. That's pretty um, good. I would also count coaching in that because there are definitely people who – I've coached who find somebody. There are also people who we're in a matchmaking um, contract, but we're doing the coaching, and I think they open up and they're, they find someone See, on their I own. See, I would bet that would happen, right? Because you're helping them be better potential partners, better daters, better people, right? Yes. And so. a more open mindset. Yes, yes, exactly. That's great. So how do you train these mini matchmakers as you try to scale up? Is, do they, is there a certification program, or are you looking for a certain kind of employee that has a skill set that knows how to read folks? There is a certification program um, that is not, absolutely not necessary. I think it's people who are, uh, you know, people, people, <laughs> and who have good listening skills and who uh, are good networkers and good customer service and, you know, we'll train the rest as far as like our systems go, but really it's somebody who is good with people. Well. And there are so many more questions. This is so much fun. I could keep you here all day, but unfortunately, we're out of time. It's great to know that you are scaling up and bringing these services to Baton Rouge and beyond. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for joining me on this special dating, love, and marriage edition of Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. 
My special guest on Out to Lunch today has been Ann Parnas, the founder of Match Made in NOLA. We had to edit this conversation to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Anne, her company, and the business of love and happiness on the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.